everyone, and welcome to the Imitator Podcast, where we're discussing how to become more like Jesus, one topic at a time. I'm Curtis Henry, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy Sutherland. Hi. So today we're going to be discussing isolation and hopelessness and how it has impacted people of all ages in record numbers this past year. All right. Headline of the day is from Psychology Today, and it's the article, The Perils of Social Isolation. And one of the quotes that popped out at us right away was this. It says, humans are hardwired to interact with others especially during times of stress. When we go through a trying ordeal alone, a lack of emotional support and friendship can increase our anxiety and hinder our coping ability. That's so good. When we go through a trying ordeal alone, a lack of emotional support and friendship can increase our anxiety and hinder our coping ability. They mentioned a couple of famous movies that have come out over the past few years that, uh, well, past few years, The Shining was in the 80s, uh, but movies that kind of talk about this isolation and what it does to us. And uh, those three movies that they pointed out were The Shining, Shut In, and Cast Away. Uh, just super interesting that they, they pulled out those three that are just, you know, talk so much about when we are alone, yeah. kind of where our minds go. Yeah. Uh, Castaway is probably one that most people are familiar with. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's actually one of my top three. And those those movies are just from a humanist perspective, you know. Right. right. And yeah, Castaway is one of my I don't know, I would say top three, top five. Um, and I think there's something in me that's like, what would I do in that situation where I'm all alone yeah. on an island? Could I survive? Could I pull through? Could I could I you know survive and then thrive? And and it does. It goes to that like. I don't know, lone man, cowboy, I'm out there, I'm doing my thing and just completely isolated because I can do this. It's like that, like man is an island. And as much as that like kind of caters to my, um, just my, like, I don't know, get it done, my like physical nature, it's like, I don't think that's the best thing for us. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think everybody, well, everybody at some point has had this thought, I think, how long could I survive in a situation like that? Or, you know, they, I put myself in situations when I watch movies like that or shows like that, where I just think, oh man, I wonder if I could do it, you know? And there's a thrill that's involved. There's this hilarious episode of The Office. Okay. Where Michael uh, gets dropped dropped off by Dwight out <laughs> yeah. in the wilderness, yeah, yeah, and he just is absolutely helpless. Yes, <laughs> and yeah. it's and it's hilarious. And I think uh, when I see that, I really hope that that's that wouldn't be me. You know, <laughs> cut cut your pants in the day because you're too hot, and then you end up <laughs> sewing them back on later because it's cold at night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I so think it, it does it does it speaks to this kind of I don't know. Um, the zeitgeist of today, you know, during the during this last year with COVID, we've at different points had to isolate and really kind of hunker back just because of what was being told to us and everything going on. And it, 
I mean, why why is this that show that documentary? Oh, no, I guess it's not a documentary. Is this show the show um, alone? Why has mm. that become so popular? Where these people get dropped off out in the wilderness, and you, right. they're left to see how long they can survive by themselves. By themselves alone. <laughs> in the yes, it, hence the title. It's just I don't know. It's, I think it's that's part of this, the the zeitgeist of today. What you keep saying zeitgeist? What does that word mean? Ah, okay. So, um, so yeah, the good question. So the definition of that Merriam-Webster definition is the defining spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of time. And so it's this like kind of, I I would say as a Christian, it's a a spiritual aspect. It it might even be a spiritual oppression like this, Mm. um, that we have to go it alone, that, that it's like this overwhelming, yeah, mood or, or during this time is, is, is isolation. And, and this year has been a trying year, right. uh, 2020, going into 2021 with COVID. And yeah, I, I haven't fact checked this myself, but uh, one of our staff members this past week mentioned a shocking statistic uh, that prior to 2020, one in every four young person between the ages of 10 and 25 uh, had experienced some sort of mental disorder. But now, in 2021, as a result of this past year, uh, three out of every four young people between the age of 10 and 25 have some sort of mental disorder, whether that's anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, ADHD, or something of that sort. And I, I think it's so interesting that with the increase of isolation, we also see an increase in these disorders. And it kind of makes you think, man, were these movies onto something? The Shining, Castaway, Shut In, you know, where, you know, where from left to our own devices in a human from a human standpoint, like when we're alone, we are not in a good place <laughs> for an extended period of time. No, you know? no. Talking to a volleyball is not, you're not in a good place, <laughs> you know? Right? If he, you ever find yourself talking to a volleyball, that's you. That's probably a good sign. You're not Wilson! in a good spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, as much as we make fun of it, it, it this year has, I mean... As a youth pastor, this year has just been a tragedy to the youth. Um, I see it in my own as being a father in my own daughters, and how much this has affected them, and even carrying that on into to wearing masks. And like I like, I think we're heading in some really troubly dark times as far as mental health mm. um, with the kids. But just as a youth pastor, it has been a. It's just been so hard to see how much these students are struggling with the world and their sports and school and, um, you know, their social life's just t- just taken from them. And right. I mean, I've 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 tried to go out of my way to just to make sure that they have something to to look forward to each week. Right. Um, and and often that is like my, the parents say, like this is the one thing that they look forward to all week. And. Uh, a little bit of, of normal because I, I I just think what we've done to the youth and to our kids is just a tragedy. I, I feel like I can I have more of a buffer 
but it's my kids who I just I, I worry I worry about them. Right. I was yeah. I, I was reading another article that was talking about how parents we kind of or adults we kind of understand what's going on and and the motivations behind it, but kids we're asking them to you know, respond in a certain way. We're asking them to wear a mask. We're asking them not to be around their friends. But oftentimes they don't understand all of the things behind that. They're just asked to deal with all of these, you know, with all of these expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to that show alone, right? Those people that are dropped off in those places signed up for it once, signed, I'm sure, lots and lots of waivers, pages and pages of waivers and liability (laughs) releases. But then they're dropped on their, wherever they're dropped, they know that the goal is that if they are the one to survive the longest, they'll win this big amount of money. So there's like, it's a, they know it's just for a season. They know it's just for a time period, and they have like a goal if they can survive. Like, like there is a win. Like they can win. But we've dropped our youth. We've dropped our our kids in the situation of like, this is the new norm. This is what you have to do, and it's it's just tragedy, you know. So, uh, um, yeah, they so don't they don't see the big picture. We maybe know the big picture, but our our youth they they, they don't as much. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. So, you know, we see the isolation in our culture. We see this article from Psychology Today talking about the detriment and the how we are not designed or we're not hardwired to inter- to to be in isolation for for extended periods of time. So, what does God say about this topic? What does he say about isolation? What does he say to our situation of hopelessness in today's time period and in our cultural situation. Yeah, so Jesus was super familiar with the feelings of loneliness and isolation. Uh, In Isaiah 53, 3, it says, He was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, faces he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. I think we don't really think about the fact that Jesus was super familiar with isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And and even among his 12 disciples, I think he was isolated to the fact that his disciples just didn't get his mission and what he was all about and what he had to do. Like right. every time he brought up the cross, they're like, no, 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 Jesus. No, no, no. What are you, you crazy? You know? Um, and so Jesus had that, uh, that isolation that he was in, even, even among his closest, what we call them friends. Um, mm-hmm. But yet he had the, the overarching purpose that he knew he was doing the father's business. And I, and it was that I think daily connection that he had to his father yep. down to the minute and second, like he was just so connected to his father. He knew he was doing the father's business. So even when his best friends were like, what are you doing? And like, we don't get what you're doing. He, he had that connection with the father all the way up until he's hanging on the cross. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like, was that, the first time he felt that complete isolation, that complete separation from the father, um, it broke his heart, right? Um, but Jesus Jesus wasn't 
the first to go through that isolation. And I, I, I wrestle with the fact is, is isolation always bad for us? Because That's I a good think question. isolation can be used in the right situations when we're called into that. Yeah. For a season. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. You know, you think about Noah, he had his, you know, whole time of preparation, building the boat in a super dark period of time and a man of God, you know, he was very isolated through that whole period. Mm -hmm. And then he gets on a boat with just his family members, another isolating time Mm -hmm. where all of civilization is wiped out and they finally land, which is great, but he's still alone. You know, everybody's dead and it's just him and his family, you know, him, his wife, his three sons and their wives. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I mean, talk about isolation. Right. I mean, you got you got a lot of animals to take care of, um, and then and then you have these different callings. Like Moses is called forty days up onto Mount Sinai, and he's called away from the people. He's, hey, I, I mean, what's what's he doing for forty days and forty nights up there on the mountain? That's he's, a long time. He's with God. It is a long time, you know. He's just, but he's with God, and you know, he has that shining face. The people can't look at him. So he was called for a period of time away to isolate from the people. Um, We we see Jesus, you know, he's baptized. He hears the the voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit comes down like a dove and rests on him. And boom, he's called right away out in the wilderness of temptation for 40 days um, for that period of isolation, that period of testing. Similar to that, yeah, Elijah is... Hearing from God and he's, God gives him this, this idea to have, he sets up an altar and have the 450 prophets of Baal set up an altar as well. And they're praying fervently. These, these prophets of Baal are praying fervently that, that their God would, would rain fire down and burn up the altar, right? That was going to be the test. Uh, and Elijah said, Hey, if, if my God burns up my altar, then you'll know that he's God. If, if Baal burns up your altar, then well, there you have it. But even after God does that miraculous sign, he burns up Elijah's altar and all the water licks it up. Elijah then is pursued by Jezebel and he feels more alone than ever. He's, he finds himself under a tree and just wants to die because he feels so alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he pulled himself away. Right. Yeah. And so it, I, think, I think as we look at isolation in the Bible, it's, it's, it's almost a mixed bag. There's times when God calls us out and calls us away unto himself uh, or unto his purposes. Mm-hmm. But then there's a time where we choose to isolate or get depressed. Like it seemed like Elijah went to that place of depression and anxiety. Um, and I, I mean, I, I remember real quick, he he ended up in that place because he, of, I believe it was his self-preservation that caused him to, and descend because he saw himself as the only person who didn't bow the knee to Baal and God encouraged him and said, no, there's 7,000, you know, that haven't bent the knee. So, He's in this place of self-preservation, so he pulls back and he's just depressed. And he, you know, takes on some of these things that we've seen in our culture Yeah. today. Yeah. 
the fruits of that that fruit the fruits of that isolation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can remember a, a time in my life where I call it my cave. You know, I, I kind of have to retreat. And there's, I think, what I've learned over the years is that uh, when I go to that place, that cave, when there's times when, like I kind of need that to figure things out in my head and to let God speak and work work in my life. But I have to like let others know, especially when I'm in community, like I have to let others know that I kind of have to go to that cave. I've, I've really learned that with my wife. But um, the first situation I remember going to that place was, um, it was, I think my junior year of college and I was part of um, crew and we were doing a summer project down in Newport Beach. And we were playing these lifeguard games with just just our kind of crew as a um, kind of get to know each other and just playing games, having ha- enjoying each other. Right. And during that time, I'd, I'd been kind of placed in, in, in different leadership positions within our within the fifty five students that were there, and uh, we were down at the beach. We're playing this kind of lifeguard game where we had to mo- do a mock rescue to somebody who was you know mock drowning out in the water. And we were doing teams, and so there's two people mock drowning, and my team, uh, one of the gals, she went to go dive un- into the wave that was breaking, and it just happened to like suck dry right underneath her as she's diving into the wave, and she ends up diving right onto the dry sand, and the wave, I just saw it all in slow motion, the wave just crashed right onto her, and she came up floating, and I was one of the people to grab her neck and pull her out of the water to hold, hold her in C-spine until ambulance and Pyramex, all those guys came. My and I goodness. just remember holding her, like looking at her head going, like, it's going to be okay. And she's like, I can't feel anything. I can't feel anything. I'm like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. It's going to be okay. And she went to the hospital. She, um, yeah, as far as I know, she's still paralyzed to this day. And I fully retreated like it was... I was in that place of leadership and people were still looking to me f- for leadership or guidance or or something and I had nothing to give and I just isolated myself and I ended up burning some bridges because of that. That was one of the most painful things I'd gone through at that time and it was n- not good, you know. Wow, that's Yeah, so you talk about burning some bridges. What are some of the other fruits that you saw of that isolation, that self-isolation that that you were experiencing Mm. and that you kind of, you kind of pulled back. I, yeah, I just, I, I, I pulled back because I had nothing to give. And in looking in hindsight, I wish I had been able to be like, able to communicate that to those around me. Like, Hey, I, I'm like, this is hard, you know, like just give me a little time. I'll come out of this. Um, let me just spend some time with the Lord. And instead I just kind of broke down all communication and it just, it wasn't, the fruit wasn't good. Uh, I think eventually over time I rebuilt friendships and all that stuff, but it hurt me and it hurt others that I wasn't there in that fellowship. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's an incredibly traumatic experience. And I think traumatic experiences are made even worse when we isolate and don't communicate and don't bring other people in, even just to share that, hey, we're going through a really difficult time and we need to spend time alone. Well, at least somebody knows that you're going through a hard time and, and you're, you you haven't just pulled back and retreated into yourself. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think it, it it's it's good to pull to kind of sometimes retreat back, but we have to be in that fellowship. I know the times in my life where I've pulled away from the fellowship from other believers and not let them in, and it's it's always been to my detriment. It's always been to the detriment of people around me. Um, you, you think of like a young couple, like they're walking strong with the Lord. They, 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 they start dating and then they begin to like isolate and just like hang out more by themselves and, you know, got to watch movies in dark rooms and, and it's, it is, and they pull back away from friends and because they're pulling back away from accountability and, and people who want, who are, want to speak into them, who love them. And it's, it's, it's always a not, it's, it's going from a place of health to unhealthy, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I think another thing that we don't really consider as much is when we get into it when we are isolated and we get into a time where we need the wisdom of others if we're isolated there's not really a way to gain from that wisdom that other people can offer you know the bible says there's there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel yeah. and when we isolate we don't have that counsel and therefore we don't have that wisdom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so, is, so circling around and summarizing, I think, I think there that God can call us into specific seasons or times of of isolation where He calls us unto Himself or calls us into a special work. Right. But as Christians, I don't. We are not meant to be in isolation because it not only hurts us but hurts others. And so, dude, share, I know you got a few verses. Share, share, like, give us some. Give us some word. Yeah. So, Proverbs eight, Proverbs eighteen one says. One who has isolated himself seeks his own desires. He rejects all sound judgment. Uh, Genesis 2.18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That, oh. You know, we. that's the first time that God said that something was not good, you know, for man to be alone. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 4.9-10 says, Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Ecclesiastes 4.12 A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. There's just verse after verse after verse about being in community, being in fellowship, and the idea that we are a we are a family we are a body of Christ like the greatest probably one of the greatest examples of the church today that that what the church is supposed to be is is a body we're not meant to be silos of faith you know we gain a, we gain so much of our spiritual experience and our experience of God and our experience of Jesus from other people and that cannot be gained in isolation. Yeah. 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 The body, the body requires all the different organs and arms and limbs and legs to be fully functioning. You know, you think Bethany Hamilton's an amazing surfer and she doesn't have one arm, you know, how much, how much Better would she be if she had both arms. She would mm. conquer. She'd be conquering the world. She'd be conquering like male surfing, right? <laughs> she's, <laughs> right. Incre- she's an incredible surfer, but she, like, but she's she's there's just something there's a piece that's still missing. 
Um, and yeah, that it, hurt, it hurts me when the body of Christ isn't fully there because uh, even even on a on a Sunday here at Harvest, like it's amazing the ministry that God does, but there's still there's still aspect that we're still there's still some missing. Like the body of Christ is still missing there. Yeah, I mean, how much more dynamic if every part was here and functioning and doing its part? You know, I, I think there wouldn't be an end to the amount of, of work that we could do as a church with every part functioning in its fullest capacity. First Peter 5, eight says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And lions are lazy, right? Lions don't go after the fastest gazelles. They don't go after... The strongest gazelles, they go after the weakest gazelles that are on the perimeter that are isolated from all the other. They want to pick off the easiest. And um, as a herd, the gazelles are they're, they're, they're incredibly, they're incredible at getting away from the other, the, the lions, the, the predators. But when, when those gazelles get isolated, you just watch the nature show and you're like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is, not, this is not a good situation. <laughs> this, is not, this is not even playing field here. Yeah, um, if you see one kind of straggling behind yeah. or straggling outside the herd, you know exactly what's coming. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're just, we're just want to encourage you, you as listeners to, um, to be part of what God's doing here and be part of the body of Christ. We really thank you for joining us on the Imitator Podcast, yeah. where we're discussing how to be more like Jesus one topic at a time. Hey, if you like this podcast, feel free to give us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. But for this week, we're out. God bless. <laughs>